Welcome to the Purpose City Church Podcast, where we're dedicated to guiding you on a journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We're thrilled to have you here, and regardless of where you're tuning in from, we have faith that this message will be a direct source of inspiration in your life. We are starting a very important collection of conversations today that simply titled we we're going to spend the next several weeks talking about unity <laughs> what a foreign concept in 2023 unity <laughs> did you know that uh, the center for research put out a report a few months ago that our country is the most divided it's ever been since the Civil War. (laughs) Do you know how divided you have to be to be compared to the Civil War era? That means that we're finding a lot of reasons to be divided. Whether it's politics, whether it's socioeconomic class, whether it's race, church denominations uh oh do they speak in tongues over there do they got them women preachers over there we just find reasons to be mad none of it's biblical because in my bible and yours it says that in heaven all around the throne of God are people of different creeds, different colors. They came from different neighborhoods. Some of them are male, some of them are female, and they're all doing one thing. Holy, 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 holy. (laughs) So what about us? Where are we? As we talk about we. This entire series will be anchored in one verse, 1 Corinthians 1 and 10, and it says simply, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ to live in harmony with each other. Here's, the, here's where we struggle. Let there be no divisions. Where? Why would we Why would they need to put that in the Bible? Why would we need to be reminded, encouraged, and commanded to not let divisions live in the church? Because of this flesh. Since the Garden of Eden, we've all been selfish. We've all put ourselves first. And we've been spending more time as me instead of we. It's been passed down from generation to generation. But the verse goes on to say, rather, this is what we should do instead. Be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. We should be united in thought, our mentality, our worldview, our frame of thinking, and our purpose that's our action that's what we're doing 
That's what fills and consumes our days. We should be united in these things if we are all believers of the same Jesus Christ. So we have to have this conversation because they're saying what we're doing is crazy. How can a white church, come on, can I just be honest? And a black church unite. I'm more concerned with why that's such a foreign concept. Wait a minute. Wait. Because the way I see it, everybody that's in the kingdom is actually covered in crimson red. So how do we how do we walk this out on earth as it is in heaven? We got to go to the Bible to see how do we go from me mentality to a we mentality because a we mentality is what the kingdom of God is all about and anything outside of that hear me isn't kingdom it's just church you'll get it later this story that we're walking into is actually an ongoing story. My wife and I started February 2022, but Ginger Creek started 36, 37 years ago. Matter of fact, the founding pastor is here. Let's put our hands together for Pastor Henderson, the founding pastor of Ginger Creek Community Church. He's right there against the wall in the back. Church is a is a is a it's an interesting thing. I was talking to somebody not too long ago and I hadn't seen him in a while and he was celebrating what we were about to do and he saw everything online and said, "Man, that looks awesome. That's a crap man. That that whoo, what you doing, man? You doing it. You entire doing it." I was like, yeah, you know, like, wait, like, how you been? You know what I mean? And it's been a minute since we kind of caught up and, and, and engaged. And so I, you know, being a pastor, I was like, you know, you got a church? He's like, yeah, 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 I go to church. I go to church. I was like, oh, cool, cool. Where? He had to kind of, you know, go back in the, in the recesses of his mind to pull out the name of the church. But eventually he got there and told me <laughs> the name of the church and, and um, you know, we got to catching up about that. I talked to him about the Lord a little bit, and, and, and he got sober a little bit and told me, asked me to pray for him. Now, when, you know, when people ask to pray, you know, usually it's one thing. Like, he had a list. <laughs> he had his own prayer list for me. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Um, okay, run that back one more time. So he needed prayer for his business and his family and his kids. He had just a whole lot. A whole lot going on and so um, he kept telling me over and over that he goes to church even I'm prodding and I'm like man how is all, all this going on and and the problem is that he simply was stuck with the mindset of I 
go to church. It's a weird statement, right? Because that's like saying, I go to the movies. Or I go to school. Or I go to work. But the church should be way different on a whole nother level than everything else. You shouldn't simply go to church. So this was my encouragement to him. And for some of you, you need the same encouragement. My encouragement to him and to some of you is to stop going to church. You should really stop going to church because church isn't a destination. Uh, The church is not a building that you go to. The church is who you are. The church is what you should be doing. The church is not a building that you walk into occasionally from time to time. You got to know that God's highest calling for you was never to go to church. Like he didn't stick himself on a cross for you to have good church attendance. (laughs) Some of y'all like, when is he going to go to the Bible? Calm down. (laughs) Going to church, hear me, is not good enough. Here's what you should do instead. Instead of going to church, you should be planted in the house of the Lord. Instead of showing up and coming to church, you should make your business to be the church. That's a different mindset and that's a different heart posture than being a good Sunday attender. That's the challenge of going from me to we because the people that go to church show up for what they can get. The people that are planted in the house of the Lord are serving to give of themselves. It's a difference. It's moving from a me mentality to a we mentality. So, so, so today, I'm going to be talking to you from a message entitled, How Deep Is Your Love? How deep, deep is your love for God? How deep is your love for his bride, the church? How deep is it for his sons and daughters? Did you know that he came and died for the world, not for the church members? So that means the people that are in your church are concerned of his, and the people that are not in your church are concerned of his. How much of a concern are they to you? Me mentality versus the we mentality. You need to stop going to church, and you need to be planted in the house of the Lord. Where does this language come from? It comes from, here you go, Psalm 92 and 12. But the godly will flourish. Say flourish. That's an interesting word. Like, we don't use that much. I'm from the south side of Chicago. Ain't too much 
instances where I use the word flourish. Like, I never was like on the football field, like, you know, having a great game. Like, bro, you are flourishing right now. Dude, that's your third sack. You are flourishing. Nobody ever said that to me. Like, you're never going to be on the golf course with your buddies and they doing good. And you're going to be like, man, your golf game is really flourishing right now. They're going to look at you like you're crazy. But this is a very, very powerful word in the scriptures, right? It says, but the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon. That word flourish in this verse means to grow spiritually, grow spiritually. Does anybody in the room have a desire to grow spiritually? Okay, okay, okay. Then this verse is super important for you. Now, if you're cool, like you, you, you got this whole Christian thing figured out, like you've arrived, you've made it, you know, Greek and Hebrew, this, this scripture may not be for you, but for the rest of us that are looking to grow spiritually, are looking to flourish, here is the cheat code. You have to be planted in his house. Did you, you wanted something deeper. Okay, okay, let me unpack the scripture for you a little bit. Okay, okay, there were two trees mentioned. Did you catch it? Okay, so let me read it again. But the godly were flourish like palm trees, that's one, and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon, that's two. So the cedars of Lebanon, that's an important tree because they were known for their strength and their durability. In your Bible, the palace of Solomon was made out of cedar. The palace of King David was made out of cedar. Not only that, but the temple of the Lord was made out of cedar. Why would they pick cedar? Because they built it to last for centuries. So cedar represents longevity and durability. That becomes yours when you're planted in the house of the Lord. Okay, okay, that's one, that's one. There's a second one. So they talked about palm trees. What does the palm tree represent? It represents victory. Do you remember when our Lord and Savior made his triumphal entry right before his life was going to be taken? What did they lay down? Palm branches. Palm branches because they represent Victory. So you can have durability, you can have longevity, and you can consistently have victory when you are planted in the house of the Lord. Let's keep reading. Psalms 92 and 12. But the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon, for they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. They flourish in the courts of God. So in order to experience all these benefits, you can't just show up and leave out. You can't just be in the back gossiping about the new pastors. Wait a minute, that wasn't in my notes, was it? No, no, no. You got to be, you got to be in the dirt, baby. You got to be in there. You got to have some roots in this thing in order to experience what God wants you to experience, right? They are transplanted into the house of the Lord. They don't just go to church. They are planted 
in the house of the Lord. And then there's more benefits. There's not just present tense benefits, but the next verse says, in their old age, they will still produce fruit. They will remain vital and green. (laughs) So you don't get to retire and opt out of the kingdom until you're gone. If you remain planted, you remain vital. Come on, I need to talk to my baby boomers real quick. Real quick. If you remain planted, you remain vital. And in this house, we honor all voices of all generations that are planted. Because the Bible says they are still vital. (laughs) And the last one says, they will declare the Lord is just. He is my rock. There is no evil in him. That's what happens when you're planted in the house of the Lord. But unfortunately, not enough people are planted. Now, we, now, now comes the part of the sermon where we're real and honest and transparent. Because instead of a lot of us saying we're flourishing right now, plenty of us are saying I'm feeling a little spiritually dry. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Instead of you walking around saying, man, I am thriving, you're, you might be feeling a little emotionally like you're withering away. If we're honest, instead of you having the testimony of feeling connected, you feel relationally barren. Your quietness lets me know that I'm hitting right where I'm supposed to. Instead of saying I'm prospering, money in the bank, Bills paid. Some of you are like, it's tight. It's tight, dog. It's tight. <laughs> Trying to make these ends meet. If you're not able to say, man, I'm feeling so fulfilled. Most of us are saying, I'm, I'm, I'm searching. I'm searching for what, man, I'm searching for what's next. I'm searching for what God has for me. I'm searching. Uh, maybe the problem is you're not planted. Maybe the problem is you've just been going to church and you haven't allowed yourself to be planted. Here's the truth that I got to give you that I need you to not lose. And I promise you, if you hold on and if you make it through the end of this message and you take a hold of what's being shared, your life will change. You're going to look back three years from now and know that this was the moment that everything began to change. Here's a truth that you got to hold in your heart. Your life is a seed. No, no. Your life from the day you were born to the day that you leave is a seed in the earth. The question is, what's become of your seed? Since you got here, have you placed yourself in the right environments to grow? Here's what you got to understand about a seed. It has great potential. Inside of a seed is a DNA, literally, of a plant or a fruit, all wrapped up in a little seed. That's you. You're brimming with potential. That's why you're so frustrated that things haven't happened the way that you envision it because you're yearning to reach your potential. 
It's a clue to you that your life is in fact a seed. And where that seed is placed is important. Because the only way a seed can grow is if it's planted. Yeah. If you just put a seed on this stage, it'll never grow. It'll never prosper. It'll never reach its potential. And most importantly, it'll never multiply. It'll just exist. How many of us are just existing right now? The opposite of flourishing. We're just here. Getting by, I go to work, I come home, I pay my bills, I kiss my kids, and I do it all over again. Yeah, I'm completely unfulfilled. I got a great job, but no joy. Existing. I got a great family and no fulfillment. Because I'm just existing. Because my seed has not been planted. I'm being a good Christian though. I come to church sometimes. I mean, I be there on Easter. The little Christmas play. I'm there. Sometimes I'll be looking on YouTube and uh, I'll be listening to the podcast. But that's like trying to parent your child through voice memos. You're void of relationships. You can't accumulate content and develop your potential. In the house of the Lord, you flourish by being planted. Not by being a 12-month visitor. By being Planted in the dirt by allowing yourself to develop. Jesus himself talked about seeds to help us get this into our system. Jesus was a master storyteller and he loved to teach in parables, which are stories that he used to convey truth. And in one instance, he told the story of a farmer who scattered his seeds on different soils. It's in Matthew 13, if you want to read it later. But some of the seed landed on hard ground. And the birds came and they picked it up. Other seeds, they went into shallow ground and they would grow, but then they wouldn't grow any further. Other seeds... They were put in the soil that had weeds in it. Those weeds would pop up and choke the life out of the developing seed. That last soil, what Jesus called the good soil, that's where, that's where the benefits were found. Jesus said those who were planted in good soil multiplied 30, 60, and 90 times. Do you see the, the symbolism there? 
See, some of us show up every now and then and our seed is dropped, but it doesn't take root because it's not in conducive soil. Some of us, we get in some soil, but it's super shallow. We don't do the deep things. We do just enough to be considered by all of our Facebook friends as a good Christian. And then we never really reach the full growth potential that was inside the seed. Some of us, we get placed in soil, we start moving and grooving, but life starts lifing. And the worries and the concerns and the past due bill notices choke us out of our destiny because we're so worried about other stuff. But the Bible tells us that for the seeds that were planted in good soil, it's not just a benefit to them, but they multiply themselves to such a degree that they become a benefit to others. Can I help you? You're here because God wants to use you to benefit others. Your life is a seed And the only way a seed can grow is if it's planted. And once a seed is planted in good soil, that seed multiplies. You got to inspect yourself like, does my life resemble multiplication or subtraction? Has anybody benefited from what the Lord has done in my life? Or am I the only one that's benefited from what the Lord has done in my life? See, the goal isn't just existence. It's multiplication. Those who are planted in the house will flourish. You need to know that going to church isn't the same thing as being planted. You can come here every Sunday for the rest of the year and not be planted. (laughs) but come but (laughs) those who are planted will flourish that's what the Bible says so it's not good enough to show you got to get in where you fit in you got to serve you got to give and you got to do it with joy because in the kingdom there's this little thing this little concept called the fruit of the spirit it's kind of an ID badge for his children Things like joy, <laughs> long-suffering, <laughs> uh-oh, self-control. So, so just because the carpet changed, I don't lose my mind. And I don't, I, don't, I don't lose my fruit of the Spirit because I'm more concerned with we than me. Because I'm planted. I'm not just going to church, so paint color don't bother me. Because I am planted. I'm not just a church goer. Not just a consumerist Christian. But I really trust God enough to know that if I follow his scriptures, I will flourish. If I put my whole trust and confidence into the words that he's spoken over my life through his word, my life will be blessed. 
Not only will my life be blessed, but my life will then become a blessing because I'm moving from me to we. That's, that's if your desire is to flourish in the house of the Lord. There's two scenarios. I think there's two types of people um, in the church. The church, one of the Greek words that are in the Bible that represent what we call the church is the word ecclesia, ecclesia. And that word means assembled and called out, assembled and called out. So his desire for his ecclesia is to assemble. Have you ever assembled anything? I love Christmas morning. I hate Christmas afternoon. Because now I got to assemble all the things that my wife has gotten for our kids. And my girls are the worst. Because they Dow House has got 2,373 pieces. And now I have to assemble all these little teacups and plates and the structure of the house and the windows. It's exhausting. <laughs> yes, I did say buy it. Because I love my girls and my son. But the process of assembling doesn't happen like that. And it is a process. It's the joining together of parts to make a new thing. Purpose City Church is the assembling of parts coming together to create a new thing. Wait, can I zoom out a little bit? The kingdom of God is the assembly of parts coming together to create a new thing in the earth. We all have our parts to play, and it requires for us to be planted. When you look at church, because I've been in church my whole life, usually there's two types of people, scenario A and scenario B. Scenario A is people that go to church. They come, and they experience the presence of God like, oh, oh, my God. Really felt the Lord. When Jason hit that guitar string, I was like, yeah. Jesus. I love you. They feel like they're they've been changed by an encounter with the Lord. But then, like a year or two later, they're MIA. Nowhere to be seen. Because they turn, they turn the church into a trap house for my vanilla people. That's where drugs are distributed and used. Trap house. Come on, we in this together. But they turn the church into a trap house because they come in here to get a hit feel good and then leave right back out not planted just attending <laughs> ain't served nothing 
ain't served nobody, ain't said welcome home, not nan time. They just go to church. But then there's, there's, there's scenario B, and these people are planted. They experience the presence of God. Their life is changed, but a few years later, they're stronger than ever. They're connected as ever. Why? Because they took that change as a sign from God that I need to go deeper, that I need to get involved. I need to connect with some other people that is on this journey because I know God didn't call me to do this by myself. And a few years later, they're still here. They're still smiling. They're still connected. Why? Because they weren't going to church. They were planted in the house of the Lord. (laughs) Hey, take this finger real quick and point it at your neighbor and say, which one are you? Now wait for him to answer. Okay, so you get it, right? We're not supposed to just go to church. We need to stop going to church, right? And we need to be planted in the house of the Lord because it benefits us, which helps us to benefit somebody else. Because it's not about me, it's about we. I need to go on this journey with the Lord, not just for myself, but because seeds that are planted in good soil multiply. And somebody else is dependent on me to get my stuff together. (laughs) When you are planted, here's a sign. Your roots grow deep. When you are planted, you start to grow roots. Jeremiah 17 and 8 says it like this. They, talking about the people that are planted, talking about the people that are in, not the the naysayers, not the drive-by saints. I don't feel like explaining drive-bys. Let's keep going. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. See, see, the prophet is telling us that stuff going to happen still. Just because you plant it, don't stop heat from coming. Don't stop the wind from blowing. But your roots are deep enough to withstand the heat. Your roots are deep enough to withstand the adverse conditions when you are planted. They're not bothered. They're not bothered. Their leaves stay green, and they never stop producing fruit. Never stop producing fruit. Remember, remember when we were reading the psalm, and, and the psalmist talked about the, the, the trees, the, the cedar trees of Lebanon and the palm trees? Those are both in the category of what's called evergreen trees. Meaning that no matter the weather, the conditions, they are flourishing. Being planted doesn't stop you from having an enemy. (laughs) But it does stop your enemy from overtaking you. It's a difference. 
But you have to be planted. And you got to have this mentality about we over me. I don't know if you know this, but there's a type of tree that's bigger <laughs> than some apartment building. Have you heard of it? They call redwood tree. Have you heard of that? Oh my God. I saw a picture from back in the day when, when my, uh, my wife and her family, when they were kids and they went and she was there and this thing was like out the picture. They were massive. Matter of fact, the, the, the research says that they're as tall as a 30-story building. Like, think about that for a second. Now, I grew up in an apartment building. I lived on the 17th floor, and 17M to be exact, and that was high. That was only 17 stories. These trees are as tall as a 30-story building, and the width is that of a three-story building. That's the width of the trunk. Their roots can go deep as 100 to 150 feet down and 100 feet parallel to the left and to the right. These are the strongest trees on the planet, but the most interesting part about this tree is their root system. It's the reason that they're able to be so tall and so wide and last for so long. Because I told you the roots go deep and I told you the roots go left and right. But what you got to know about those roots that go left and right is they begin to intertwine with the other trees. The real strength is when they tie into each other and their roots become unified. That's where their real strength comes from. It's in the unity of their root system. My dear brothers and sisters, the strength of Purpose City Church, the strength of the kingdom of God comes when we allow our roots to grow and our roots to become intertwined with one another. The greatest lie that the enemy told you is that you're better by yourself. He loves to have you on Isolation Island. Oh, he loves it. Because as soon as he starts lying to you, you have nobody to verify if that's a lie or not. And since he's the father of lies, his lies are pretty good. They are so believable. They sound like God. Because most of y'all been pastoring yourselves for the last three years. You are tr having trouble distinguishing the voice of, the, of God from the voice of your enemy. Because you don't have community, because your roots are not intertwined, you're getting plucked up. And your potential is withering away. The potential of the people's lives that you're supposed to impact is withering away. Because when you're planted, your roots, they're supposed to grow deep. The second thing is this, your roots are supposed to produce fruit. Hello, your roots... Are you're not supposed to just come to church and nothing about you change. Woo, hello. Like something. <laughs> like you should be a little nicer. I mean, all these worship songs we done sang. Mighty God. You're not supposed to show up to work tomorrow just as mean as you were Friday. 
Something about you got to change in the presence of God. <laughs> there should be fruit. When you are a seed and you are planted in good soil, here's a scientific fact. You have to be planted in soil because the soil is where your water and nutrients come from. So if the soil is where the water and the nutrients come from for the seed, there must be growth or you're in the wrong soil. Maybe you're not planted at all in any soil. That's why there's been no growth. You're just as bitter today as you were a year ago. Because you're not planted. You're just a churchgoer or a church streamer. You go to three services every Sunday. You go to Transformation, you go to the Potter's House, and you go to Elevation every Sunday. <laughs> right on YouTube. And you give to none of them, but that's another story for another sermon series. But again, Jeremiah 17 and 8 says, they are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by heat. No, they're not. Or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing. Do you want to get to the point in your life where circumstances won't stop your production? Hmm? Like when life hits, you don't have to take a season of rest. I'm, I'm just in a season. The Lord's called me to a season of stillness. I mean, y'all make up seasons. Ain't no season of stillness, nowhere in this doggone Bible. People was working for the Lord until the Lord came and got them. Because they were planted. They weren't, listen, hey, imperfect and planted. Didn't have it all figured out, but planted. Made a few mistakes along the way, but planted. And because they were planted, even with their imperfections, they never stopped producing fruit. What will be your testimony when it's all said and done? I believe my time is gone. What will people say about you? Like, like do you realize the opportunity here? What God has asked us to do, you need to know that the leadership of both churches prayed and fasted and asked the Lord what we should do, and he said, do this. verifiable. What is the Lord telling you? What is he telling you about you? Because your life is a seed. The question is, is that seed planted at all? And listen, this isn't the only church on the planet. There are lots of good churches here in Aurora and beyond. This is not a sales pitch for Purpose City Church. What it is, is an admonishment for you to get planted somewhere because your life depends on it. And the life of those destinies that are connected to yours are dependent on it as well because seeds planted in good soil produce fruit. Come here. Seeds don't eat fruit. So that means that it's not for you this life of yours 
You're the product of someone else's germination process. <laughs> and now God has that same requirement of you and I, that our life operates in such a way that there's multiplication, that our life is lived in such a way that it produces fruit for the benefit of his other sons and daughters. So my encouragement to you today is simply this, is to exit the me mentality, ask God for the we mentality. Search your heart and search your life Ask yourself, am I planted or do I just go to church? And if you ask that question and the answer is, hey, I just go to church, then I need you to stop going to church. I need you to get planted in the house of the Lord. Find one of his houses and get planted. Can we stand? Thank you for being part of today's episode. To stay connected, please visit us at PurposeCityChurch.com. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your loved ones. Your support means the world to us. As you go about your day, remember to make a meaningful difference in the world. Thanks for listening.